Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to episode 14 of the Audiophiles podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about all the music that we love, and hopefully you like too. Uh, joining me, as always, is my main man. It's Griffin leaves the tr- click track on during sex. Hope. <laughs> How am I supposed to keep time if I don't leave it on? Fuck. I ain't that uh, human metronome. Well, could have fooled me, bud. Could have fooled me. Uh, we're back, guys. We're back for episode 14 after that lovely uh, Q&A special that we had. That was that was a lot of fun. And uh, we're kind of switching back to some album stuff for this episode because there were three albums that came out from uh, bands important to one or both of us that we wanted to talk about. Uh, we're going to be looking today at Norma Jean's All Hail. We're going to be looking at Counterparts, uh, Nothing Left to Love, and Stray from the Path, Internal Atomics. So it is fucking real metalcore hours on today's episode. Uh, but I'm excited because this is this is a good list for me personally. Um, I don't know about you, Griff, but I, had, uh, I was looking forward to all of these re- releases uh, prior to doing this, so it was very easy for me to listen to all of this. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that about sums it up. (laughs) That's all I'll say about that, young man. Uh, Well, before we get into any of that, uh, a few things, actually. Um, I want to, there's, for for once, there was a few things that were sort of off the beaten path that I wanted to to bring up. And I also, uh, I don't know if you did this, Griffin. I forgot to check with you before we started recording, but here we are now. Uh, I made my list of 10 songs to follow up on the Q&A from last episode. No, you didn't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) I only remembered in the last minute, but I I put it together and I'm actually pretty confident with my list. I will go over that. Uh, For anyone wondering, there was a question uh, from our Q&A special that was sort of uh, bigger in scope, and um, it has to do with essentially 10 Desert Island songs, and I will get to that in a moment. Um, But also, uh, this doesn't have to do with any albums that have released uh, this week necessarily, but there was a single... Uh, from Bring Me the Horizon that was released this week, and it's notable to me because it was for the da- the soundtrack for the new video game Death Stranding, which is uh, me and Griffin are big video game nerds, as I'm sure we have mentioned on this podcast before. Uh, but it was very uh, interesting to hear that song come out. I didn't even know they were doing one for it. Uh, I doubt you listen, Griffin. I know that they're not a band that you particularly have any feelings about. Uh, but it was interesting uh, because it was for the game. Yeah. Other than that one live show we saw, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. That is true. No, I don't. I did not. It did not come up on my radar. Uh, it, the only reason that I'm even noting it is because it's very, I mean, it, it very much fits the game. And it's like, if you're into video games, if you're into uh, video game soundtracks, especially it being a Hideo Kojima game, it's um, it's very like industrial heavy metal-ish type thing situation uh but it's it's huh. so their their last album was very sort of like poppy you know it was a number one record and all this stuff but this song because of the game that it was being made for is uh very like hardcore and aggressive and it's got a blast beat in it and that's huh. fucking tight because bring me the horizon 2019 blast beats baby and uh it only lasts for a second because i don't think that drummer can do them for very much longer than that now but uh well it's tight he's, he's laying on the ground while he's trying to do it so God, i know that poor guy fucking <laughs> give, give him a backyotomy man <laughs> seriously uh anyway i just wanted to to note that um and uh so let's let's start off the show as we so often do with uh checking in with what we've been listening to this week do you have anything great for us griffin 
Well, you know, it's not as good as the big one. I mean, we'll never be able to be able to top the big one. It's never. We're never going to be able to get back to that high, the meteoric high. I mean, if you ain't tapping the root, I can't help you. Um, Since birth. <laughs> uh, yes, of course, I have things. Um, oh boy, so which one? Uh, let me start with this one. So there is a. I call it local. Uh, I thought he was local, but there is a gentleman who goes by the moniker, I want to say it's Bogues. It's B-O-G-U-E-S, and maybe I'm saying that wrong. Okay. Um, I would assume that's Bogues. Bogues. Uh, I thought he was from Columbus, Ohio this whole time, but apparently he's from Nashville. Um, hmm. I think he just, you know, travels back and forth or just has a good following here. Uh, anyway, he's kind of an acoustic not really acoustic but a solo kind of thing but it's very you know emo uh, folk if you will uh put out an ep called paint all the walls the same and i'd been listening to him just on and off as he slowly released little eps and stuff and uh he's gotten better and better but uh it's definitely pretty good um with i will say this the stuff we're reviewing now has been difficult for me just because as the weather changes metalcore is not where i want to go mm-hmm. so uh it 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 was hard <laughs> to get myself to do it, um, but something like Bogues, like with the weather changing, like oh this is this is this is the fucking money. Um, let me see. I'm not looking at it in my Spotify right now. Maybe you are. I can't remember what the. Uh, I I have it up here. What are we looking for? Like what the artists sound like. I was looking at. Oh. I see fans also like, uh, I see things like uh, Backpacks, uh, Everyone Leaves, Pale Lungs, uh, oh, Better Love. Stuff. We have our thoughts about Everyone Leaves. Um, <laughs> so we won't talk about that. But uh, it's not too far off, I guess. But it's more of the uh, solo emo artists that are kind of folky, indie, lo-fi kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not like Dashboard Confessional or anything like that, but uh, it you know could be, I guess, lumped in there with the new school of that style. Hmm. Okay. But I really like it, and everything that he's put out I've really enjoyed. So the one before this was called Life Slowly, and I really like that one. Um, so this I didn't even know he's doing anything. He's just I don't follow him enough, but it just came out around into fall here. Uh, actually, I can tell you. It is, Drum I mean. Roll, November 1. So I even, right. it came, I thought it came out in October, but apparently I got it right when it dropped. So um, You're fucking quick on the draw, buddy. Yeah, maybe it just popped up and I just happened to see it that day. Anyway, so uh, if you're into that and you're into this fall kind of winter time frame, uh, I think it's a good change of pace, especially from what we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that uh, I, f- I will get real sad with it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's good. Um, the one I really want to talk about, though, because it took me by surprise, is the newest release from the band... Uh, Somos, S O M O S. Uh, that sounds familiar to me. Uh, so I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. They're kind of, they're on, uh, well, they've been on several different labels, but they were kind of part of the no sleep, tiny engines. I think they're on hopeless now. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they're on tiny engines now. Either way, uh, I've known about it for a while. I'm pretty sure one of my bands played with them when they were touring off their first album, um, is how I knew about them. I didn't dislike them. They were kind of of the indie rock, um, emo, kind of pop punky the first stuff and it's always been good it's always been on my radar but it's just like a casual thing like i'd see their name and be like oh, okay yeah i remember that and they had there's like if you go to their spotify you're gonna see their big song that everybody knows and um off that album temple of plenty mm-hmm. but anyway they recorded the last record and i believe the one before that with one of my favorite uh producers jay moss who is the um old guitar player slash screamer from defeater 
Oh, okay. I knew that he name was always, sounded familiar. He's always my favorite part of that band anyway. Um, he uh, runs a studio out of his house. He does mixing, mastering, uh, producing, and I've been following him for years, and I, his Instagram is amazing. So if you're into any of that, follow Jay Moss. That's M-A-A-S. Um, he lives in Boston now. I think he's moving back to Seattle at some point. But he's done a lot of great records. He did the uh, Kali Masi record. That was one of my favorite records of the year a couple mm. years ago. Um, tons of bands and tons of different genres. I mean, he, but he, he's one of those ones that he uses his Instagram to teach people things. So That's he'll teach you my guy. mixing. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And he's, uh, got to the point now to where like, he's actually, he used to just, you know, be kind of independent and people would book him. But now he's got to the point where he has to have like an agent to like book these bands cause he's getting big enough and has a bigger name out there now. And all his records sound amazing. He is very, very good at what he does. Uh, but anyway, so I remember Somos has been re- recording the record with him for most of 2019 in chunks, it seemed like. And then I know they wrapped it up and everything I heard snippet wise, I was like, oh, I didn't know Somos like sounded like this. I, I don't remember him being this good. And it was kind of it sounded more dream poppy, um, more it had some new wave elements to it all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to listen to this. And then like I can't remember when it was supposed to originally drop, but like in August, um, it came out that the guitar player hung himself. And so oh, it, was God. Like, it was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so they immediately like released the records, the record like for a week to be like, Hey, to help pay for funds and, you know, honor the dude, you know, we're going to put it out for a week. And then I didn't check it out at the time because I was like, Oh, I've, we're probably doing something for this. And I like, I didn't want to not dive into it correctly because I mm-hmm. felt like I needed to give it a chance. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then, as like I said, as the weather started changing and we were going to go over like all this metalcore stuff, I was like, ah, this is not. I need I need like a palate cleanser before I get into the stuff. And so I was just like, oh, that, here's that Somos record I uh, never listened to. And like from the first fucking minute, I was like, hold up, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what I've been looking for. So uh, long-winded way of saying that I really fucking like this record. Um, I like it better than their, all the stuff I've heard before. It's called Prison on a Hill. Um, it, like I said, it's got some new wave stuff. Um, the first track did not grab me, but as soon as I got to the second track, I was in. And now I like the first track, uh, obviously. But start to finish, it's got everything I like about this kind of music, just the ebb and flow, the diversity. Um, it's And the vocals. Um, it's a different style of vocal, for especially for a genre like this, but it fits very well. Um, but I just, I love all the elements they've done to it. Just the, it just sounds like such a mature band. Like it seems like it could have been released at any time. It could have been released in the eighties, nineties or now mm-hmm. to me. So I don't know. It's very impressive, but it's just like, it's all the mixture of stuff I like, especially as an, as an adult now. Um, so I highly recommend it. Um, it's got, it's definitely still in the emo genre, but it's more mature, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Like it sounds like, it sounds like a group of, you know, mature guys writing this record and it just, I don't know. It just, it slaps for me. So, I well, you know, and I think now that you're saying that, uh, I, I feel like maybe I did hear about this band because of what happened with their guitarist, but, uh, either way, I am yeah. very excited to check this out. I will be listening to this ASAP. I, I, I remember like after the first album came out, like they were getting kind of big and I remember they took like a break because I believe the singer or somebody in the band, it could have been the guitar player for all I know, uh, like they had this like a serious like bout of depression and like had to like take a step back and it was like one of the first times you know you know bands do that all the time now and i hate to say that like it's like a buzz thing to be like oh i'm going to use my mental health as an excuse i had this conversation with uh my wife morgan recently with about an artist that um to me it seemed like an excuse to be like you know oh i've got two shows left um 
I'm going to not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to play those. I'm going to take, I'm going to go on a hiatus because of mental health X, Y, Z. And, you know, I don't know what they're going through, but to me, it's all, there's a little bit of like, put the fucking work in and do what you're supposed to do. If, mm-hmm. Especially if you're two shows away. Um, it, it just seemed a little lazy. So I hate, I mean, that's, and that's not something I want to put out there. Like I feel that way about this, but it's, I remember when Somos did this, it was kind of rare back in whatever it was, 2015, like bands yeah. weren't really doing that as often to be like, Hey, I'm taking time. I can't successfully do this tour and, you know, be, and at the, it was kind of a weird thing. And I remember it always stuck with me because I was like, oh, wow, that's, I've never seen a lot of bands do that. And mm-hmm. then they put out an album, their second album was called First Day Back. And so it was kind of like, uh, it kind of had a double meaning to it, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, it's, I don't remember who caused the, you know, the break, but I hope it, it could have been a guitarist for all I know. But yeah, um, it just seems like this band has always had some kind of a mental health uh things surrounding their band and their lyrics and everything else kind of reflect that. I mean, it's just, I think the thing that really kind of made me pay attention to this album is just like how smart it sounds and how, um, you know, mature it sounds based on probably where this got lumped in my brain, where a lot of this got lumped into. And I hate to see, you know, people abuse the mental health thing now because I think it is really important, but obviously a lot of people are going to use it to their advantage. And Mm -hmm. so that's, I don't think this is that band, but it just, it always makes me think of that when I thought of this band. So it's just kind of, it sucks that that's what their legacy is now, especially with yeah. guitar players. So yeah, <laughs> at least in my I mean, head. So no, I, but completely... I can vouch for the music and I hope they have a long career, but I think this guitar player had a big role in the band and it's, it's a, it's a big loss from what I understand. Yeah. So. Uh, well, I will definitely, that, that, I mean, that's pretty high praise and I, you have sold me and I will be listening to this. Uh, you probably uh, hate it, but I really like it. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that this is, uh, I think this is right up my alley and it's kind of, I, yeah, I mean, it's kind of what the season calls for right now. So I am definitely going to be putting fi- that on repeat. This fits the season for me, for sure, for sure. Prison on a Hill, Somos. Check it out. <laughs> uh, well... This is as good a time as any to say that uh, if you are also out there thinking, man, I want to listen to that, uh, we're going to make it real easy for you because I'm adding it to our ever-expanding Audiophiles Spotify playlist. uh, Oh my god! If you don't know, uh, we are adding songs every single week to go along with uh, all the music that we talk about. So there will be some Somos on there if you just want to jump straight into the action. Um, and you know what, I'm going to springboard off of what you said about it being the time of year for that type of music and also just having something on the opposite end of the spectrum from like metal and metalcore. Uh, and I also was listening to some, some fucking emo deep cuts this week. And if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you probably saw what I was listening to, uh, actually just today. And it's worth talking about. Um, I was listening to, uh, Destination Beautiful by May and- what that album fucking bumps <laughs> it does that album's so good the everglow is better yes but destination beautiful is still a great record it's i i agree i i i go back and forth on which one i enjoy listening to more everglow is yes they're like they very well, much it's concept up. album it, it's it's like it's it's a great concept album if you if you know the like the vibe of the record and all that kind of stuff but yeah destination beautiful is a great debut I mean, yeah, it's it's such a they have such a a unique sound within uh within that sort of genre uh within emo and I mean Destination Beautiful was like 2003 and it's just it's to me it's one of the again the, the better things to come out of Tooth and Nail um and and I've always loved like May has that very distinct uh like I and I I don't know enough about them I guess personally having never seen them live or anything, I would assume that the, uh, the singer is also doing a lot of the piano work and, and things. Um, 
Incorrect. Okay, well then, don't listen to me. I'm, I'm looking at a May poster right now. Uh, no, there's a guy who uh, is the bald guy. If you ever look at it, mm. uh, he's the the pianist, uh, the singer, uh, plays guitar. Okay, well, either way, the the piano works really. The, I think that piano sounds fucking corny as shit in so many bands, but like it sure. sounds it sounds really good with May. And also, I love that they do um, not just traditional piano work, but a lot of their stuff has that like. It's like I would assume it's probably on like a synthesizer or a keyboard, but it, it comes. It's like that like uh, very like modulated, bubbly sound that I, I don't even oh, yeah. know how else to describe it. But it's it's so distinctly May, and oh, yeah. uh, I love he had, that. He had, he had a great touring rig, I remember. Um, yeah, I've always like May. The thing that ruins this record, not ruins it, but I can't help but think it because your sister said this. Uh, my wife now uh, said this the first time I showed her May that singer sounds like Weird Al. And he's so. he sounds like it's <laughs> that's fucking hilarious actually so but. and it was during destination beautiful so like that record every time i put it on i'm like god damn it morgan <laughs> <laughs> wow uh well you know what like weird al's it because I, I mean, his voice got did, better is the point it did get him yeah if you listen yeah. especially like if you go directly like no pause between uh the end of destination beautiful to even the beginning of everglow you're like oh man this dude fucking really dialed it in yeah um uh, but it's great but they've made so many records and so many concepts. I mean, like every like the last few have been like tied around their name, and mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they've done so many EPs. Like, I've always enjoyed everything they've put out. It's just I haven't stayed, you know, a strong fan. But um, it seems it seems very like dense uh, yeah. for for uh, them. I mean, I, I I don't know. It's it's that's why again I agree with you. I I love everything that they do, uh, but it's like I'm not as into the rest of it as I am uh, with Everglow and Destination Beautiful, but. If you haven't for some reason, like if you're a fan of anything like emo, I mean, and you haven't listened to fucking Destination Beautiful, just go back and listen to it. And it's okay. it's just very it's it's all very uh I it, it's like you said about Somos, it's all very intelligent. Uh it's it's for being the genre that it is and for I think a lot of people with so many of these bands write them off because of the way the vocals are are performed, but um no, it's fucking it's very smart. They're all very clearly talented musicians and uh it's all like some of the catchiest emo that from especially from the early 2000s that i can think of and i love it a lot he, j- um, he just sounds kind of nasally it's, yes you just gotta get past that but it, no it's a great first two records are great so mm-hmm, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, can't recommend those enough uh and i actually also the, the reason that i even think i got on those is because spotify uh was suckering me in and they were like oh here's a I, I it's I, actually i'm looking at it now it's still up it's inspirational emo and indie of the 2000s um, well, that's my playlist. Yeah, seriously, this is the Griffin Holt playlist. Uh, but I was just like, you know, grabbing a couple albums off there that I hadn't listened to recently. And uh, I I realized that I hadn't listened to Further Seems Forever in a really, really long time. And so... You're fucking up, my man. I, I, I know. Uh, but I went back and I, I... I mean, it's not like it was the first time hearing it or something, but I listened, re-listened to Moon Is Down and How to Start a Fire. And here, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to... Two two things. You better choose your words. You better choose yeah, your words. Now. Because I'm setting you up like I'm going to talk shit, but don't worry. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> first, right off rip, I'm going to say uh, that. <laughs> I'm going to say that how to start a fire. I mean, if we're speaking objectively, it's got to be at least top five emo albums ever. I mean, yes. for for the genre of like pure emo, it is better than like almost any off the top of my head anything else i can think of i'm sure i'm forgetting a few but i mean it's it's so fucking good and i don't even there's not enough time in the world for us to talk about why that album is so good but how to start a fire is perfect 
I would agree. How to Start a Fire is my favorite of Further Scenes Forever record. I think the... I don't know. It's it, it varies for me. Moon is Down is definitely the first thing I heard. Most influential record for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, most influential for me as a drummer as well is anything that drummer does. He's so but good. Moon is Down especially. I think How to Start a Fire is the heaviest emo record I've ever heard in my life. Absolutely. Uh, yes. It is the, I mean, it is the definition of, you know, Les Paul guitars. It is, <laughs> it's so full and it just, it sounds perfect. And it's just some of the heaviest riffs with, um, you know, vocals to match basically. So to me, they're, they've always been like separate records, separate bands. I never lumped them together. They're just, you know, two great records by that just happen to have the same band name because it's yeah. two different singers, obviously. So like, I can't, it's hard to compare them and they're both neck and neck for me. I don't dislike, as I've gotten older, I like, um, what's the third record called? Hide Nothing. Hide Nothing. I like John Bunch. It's just his vocal style is a little more one dimensional compared to the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hide Nothing is great. I will, I've tried so hard to get into Penny Black and Chris Caraba basically died, you know, in 2010. Um, so <laughs> RIP. We're, we're we're looking at the ghost of Chris Carrapa for the past, you know, nine years. Uh, so it's a penny black is I, wow. What a horrible fucking record. Um, so I wish that didn't exist. It's yeah. It, it, I, I genuinely will act like it doesn't, it's not there. Yeah. There's one good song on there, but it didn't even need to exist. Um, so it's just, yeah, don't waste your time on that one. But yeah, first things forever is so influential and I've heard so many people not like how to start a fire and I get it. You know, I don't Chris, Chris, no, I just mean from, you know, if it's, if you were there and Chris Caraba was the thing and like, why'd he go? And now we have this new guy, but I saw them live with Jason Gleason. So like it stuck with me. That was the first time uh, I saw, or I saw them play, um, uh, fuck. What is it? Uh, pagan poetry by Bjork Mm. live. Wow. which they hadn't released yet and it, was, and it never really got released you can find it online uh, but my favorite thing is when they played on legendary i think i've told you this story a thousand times they're like this song is about uh halo and <laughs> <laughs> it cracks me up to this it's day. so tight <laughs> for them to say that the song titled on legendary is about halo it's that's so, ooh, clever clever guys and and the documentary if you've ever you know uh they have a the final curtain is a live dvd and CD and the documentary on that is great. I mean, they were just such a good band and such a cool band and they had, they got a short stick and it's unfortunate, but I think their influence reached way f- play on work, you know, the joke here, uh, way further than they realized. That's, uh, that is true. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, for me, I'm, and I've probably said this before about a few other things, but I mean, I, as a drummer and as someone who literally fucking cannot play guitar to save my life, I it takes a lot for me to really notice whenever guitar and guitar parts are just done exceptionally well. And that's how I feel yeah. about How to Start a Fire. I mean, it's it's that way on Moon yeah. is Down as well, but How to Start a Fire is just like, like you said, it's fucking heavy riffs. It is very like, it, it's like elegant songwriting, but it's also yeah. very like rough and aggressive and, and uh, Jason's voice to go along with that is so fucking good. But th- this is vocal. this is my second hot take, I guess. The, how to Start a Fire, I guess that wasn't really a hot take, but th- this is more of a hot take is that Moon is Down is really good. But for one thing, Chris Caraba is the absolute worst part of that album. And I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I to, may, Maybe not the absolute worst, but I just it, like... I think it's it's sort of for me it's like further seems forever got the shortest ends of the Chris Caraba stick where they got the very fucking like first early iterations like where he was obviously very oh, yeah. young getting into it and then they got the the as you said post 2010 Chris Caraba um but yeah. it's just like whenever I go back and hear it 
I wouldn't want anyone else's vocals on Moon Is Down. Like they they yeah. make that album, but at the same time, if I'm really like thinking about it, the parts that either make me kind of like cock my head to the side or that I'm like, nah. not that they any of it's that bad or none of it's bad actually, but it's it's just those parts are always Chris Caraba and uh I I think it's just because I am such a How to Start a Fire fan. Um but Moon Is Down is also great and as you said, I feel like it is absolutely the more you know like uh, inspirational of the albums in terms of like what it gave birth to and um, i mean there's like legacy i think involved with moon is down but yeah i mean moon is down to me is just it's a lighter lighter vocal style even though he has some great i mean i have no problem with any of any of the part of that record so i can't share those feelings but it's just to me it's like it's a lighter sound with a lighter vocal and moon is and sorry how to start a fire is the heavier vocal with a heavier sound so Mm -hmm. it's like to me it's almost two different bands um, it, I mean, so it, it really is. Yeah. It just depends on what you're in the mood for, because to me, they're not, they're not the same thing. So that's why I always like, people are always trying to compare. I'm like, well, they're not the same. So you can't really compare them. They're just two good records. Yes. I think that it just depends on what I'm in the mood for. Yes. I think that for me, if anything, I, I view moon is down in more gets lumped in as like, if I were going to compare it to anything, it almost gets compared more to early dashboard stuff that I enjoy more than Further Seems Forever. Um, yeah. Just because I'm, I'm a lot of that is coming from Chris Caraba. But anyway, the point is, is that I don't actually have anything bad to say about Moon Is Down. It is also like it's definitely in like my top fifty albums of all time. But How to Start a Fire is fucking peak peak emo. And um, if if for some reason you're someone out there who listened to fucking you know Moon is Down way back when but didn't listen to any of the other shit, just go listen to How to Start a Fire. It's so good. I know someone who who doesn't like How to Start a Fire and it hurts my brain. Are you friends with them? Because I wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, well, not good friends, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Blank Page Empire is like well, this person. This person's also a little older than me and grew up in the scene like with Zayo and stuff like that. So like, wow. they're, so they like, to me, you know, when moon is down came out, I wasn't first in line for it. I heard about it, you know, a couple of years later. And then I got how to start a fire the day it came out. It came out around my birthday when the year it came out. And so mm. I remember I got it very close to release date. Um, so it's just, it, it obviously it's a timing thing, but, um, yeah, I think they're both fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, great, great fucking albums. Um, all right, well, uh, having having got through some of our little emo uh, stuff that we love so very, very much to get us uh, sort of out of all the metalcore, I am going to take a quick second to talk about these songs. Uh, and just, again, a refresher for anyone. From that last episode, we had a question that essentially was... Um, Desert Island playlist of 10 songs. You can start the playlist over as many times as you want, but once you get to the end, you can't listen to it again. And that's sort of, it was very fucking high concept question. Uh, but I, I made a list of 10 songs and these are, I feel pretty strongly about this. These are definitely all songs that are in the running for my favorite songs of all time. Maybe not all would make the cut in this order, but I'm going to go ahead and rattle them off real quick. Like, uh, so Starting off, we have In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth, Coheed and Cambria. That would be the opener because, uh, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about a way that you would start a playlist, an album, a concert, anything like that. It's hot. It's too, it's, it's it's too hot. fucking it's good. Uh, anyway, that's track one. Track two is Dreaming by Boys Night Out because it's fucking it's hot. It's hot. It's, it's hot. Also, a lot of all of these songs uh, are ones that elicit uh, very specific emotions or memories or, or things for me, and that's why sure. they would be these songs. Uh, three would be Digital Bath uh, by Deftones. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, You're close. You're close. <laughs> uh, four 
would be and this is this is the, a deep cut and this this is the one that's like got to be in my running for favorite songs of any band uh number four would be this house by edison glass uh well, I'm, I'm, I'm because I'm if still, we're talking you're, you're about edging, you're edging me you're edging me come on come on, come on. <laughs> uh and then number five, this is uh, this is the one that I know you will have no connection to, uh, but this is the one that is essentially the uh, the song for me and my girlfriend of eight years, and the song is "Daylight Friend" by Amberlin, and I uh, you lost me. <laughs> I I don't like Amberlin, but I really I really like that the that one album, which I don't even ever remember the fucking title to because I don't like Amberlin. But um, the song "Daylight Friend" is like a very specific time, place, and thing in my life. It's taken number five. Uh, then we have Course of Human Life by Early November. I've mentioned it oh, before. Oh, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I knew you, I'd get you. <laughs> uh, number seven, we've got Empire by A City's Burn, which is a weird choice, but actually, the memory that I have of that no, relates- anything that starts that fucking snare hit i know but the reason one of the reasons that i picked that one though is because that one relates back to uh whenever i was um you know a little bit of being griffin history i mean i used to spend almost every weekend of my middle school and early high school years at griffin's place hanging out doing things and uh and we would watch uh like what what was the it was the the radio station that had the music videos oh yeah um radio radio u radio u yeah and so if you're a columbus person you probably know radio u and it was all sort of like the alternative emo it was christian based but they still had a lot of fucking slappers on there and uh there was a music video for empire and i remember watching that music video with you then and like that song always stuck with me and then eventually it became uh the song that i associate with playing the game mass effect and i fucking love mass effect (laughs) yeah that actually that and edison glass both but uh so empire is number seven number eight is ebola rama because there had to be every time i die on this <laughs> oh, I'm almost there. Come on, come on. Uh, and th- these last two, though, I'm sorry. I I I, pe- I think I peaked you at Ebola. No, finish me off. Uh, but number nine is the shame by the Blood Brothers, which is the closing track of Burn Piano Island Burn. And if you have I, not I mean... listened to that song in a long time, it is one of the most anxiety-inducing songs you will ever hear in your life. Uh, I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm still, I'm hard, but like, let's let's finish it. Off. Well, and then I'm gonna finish it, probably even in lower point for you. Uh, number ten is uh swim to the moon by between the buried me couple reasons there <laughs> one <laughs> I, I lost it i fucking love that it's that is my favorite between the buried me album the great misdirect and that's the final song on the album it is highly conceptual it actually ties together three different albums worth of stories if you actually follow some between the buried and me stuff and the song is 20 minutes long so you better believe daddy is ending a playlist like that with a 20 minute song <laughs> so that is that my friends i'm ending mine with fur beach and fucking we're out well that's that's not wrong either buddy that is not wrong at all you didn't say one song off of canada songs so i'm fucking upset i know and i i thought about it i actually thought about uh doing songs even off of uh you won't get what you want but uh yeah and uh yeah so that was my 10 songs uh that was sort of a little wrap up and um then the last last little thing I'm going to mention, and I won't I won't take long on this, is before we get into the actual album reviews, um, I'm putting a note out there that I actually on last Tuesday, a week ago from the day that we're recording this or whatever today's Wednesday, it doesn't matter. Uh, I went and saw what <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw uh, counterparts and Straight from the Path uh, live actually. So there. you cheated. You so cheated. I I got, I, got it. I got a little extra boost because uh, you fucking cheated. They came through old Austin, Texas, and I saw them. And 
I do just want to say for the record that I think Austin for bands that are like that mid-level of like metalcore, hardcore, Austin's like the worst fucking city for them. And I feel really bad for bands that have to come here for that. It's yeah. And I mean, San Antonio is great for them. Dallas is great for them. Houston is great for them. But Austin is always like uh, sort of a low point. I actually talked to a few of the guys about this uh, from the various bands that were playing, but it was a really good show. There was five bands on the bill and I ended up enjoying every single one of them i never i never go for a, ba- a bill that's five bands long but i i went and saw all of them the opener was gray haven which if you know anything about me that oh, was yeah. my favorite album from 2018 uh they were there opening and then it was also a band called chamber which is sort of like nashville uh like nashville sort of beat down heavy heavy metal type shit and then there's uh, a band called Varials, which is sort of a slightly heavier version of like a Counterparts or something. Um, and then there was Straight from the Path and Counterparts. It was a great show. All those dudes fucking rip. Uh, it's you know I've I've seen Counterparts and Straight from the Path. Uh, I think probably five or six times each at this point, and it's always a lot of fun. Um, love them a lot. It was a really good show. And another guy that I mentioned on this podcast a lot. Uh, Craig Reynolds, the drummer from Straight from the Path, who has the podcast called The Downbeat. Uh, He, me and him actually uh, talked after the show for a long, long time. I was wearing, uh, (laughs) I was wearing a shirt from his podcast and we talked and he taught me how he learned to blast like Dillinger Escape Plan. So that was the takeaway from that show. Hey, you won't even fucking tell anybody? Well, it's another day for another time. And also, uh, (laughs) I'm still working on it, but I, I will be... I'll report back when I can do it at Chris Benny Speeds. And the secret is light mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, light mayonnaise. <laughs> anyway, so that I did see that show. It was fucking tight. I don't need to go into it too far, uh, but it was great. It was fun. And let's go into these albums. And I'll tell you the one Fuck. that I am the most opinionated on, I think. Oh, let's see. Yeah, before we get into it, what is yours? The one that I'm most opinionated on? I'll give you, yeah, we'll give you mine, I'll give you yours. I am the most opinionated on Norma Jean. I'm the most opinionated on Straight from the Path. Okay. That's, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, where do you want to start then? I'll, I'll leave it to you, buddy. Um, I might as well start with Counterpart since that was the one we didn't say anything about. That's true. All right, let's, let's start there. Uh. Well, I'm going to come out of the gate swinging and say, I fucking love this album. Uh, I think it is. Here's also the thing on on bands like this specifically is that I think that I have a little bit of a different connection to them than you might because, as I've said, I've seen them a lot of times live. Um, I follow these guys on Twitter. So, like, even if their albums don't always grab me. These are bands that I'm going to be listening to their stuff regardless. There are certain songs and phases of the band that I like better than others, um, but they do sort of like, they naturally get me in some places uh, that other bands wouldn't. But I I really, really liked this Counterparts album. I think it is the best version of what they have been doing their entire career and that's pretty much what they've said uh that they wanted to do is that they're uh, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel with any album they are just trying to sort of hone in on the sound that they've been making some people would have arguments that maybe isn't you know uh may- maybe that's not the most exciting thing but i don't need a band like this to be exciting i'm not looking for them to be you know world changers um and i think this album delivered to me on all fronts for me um, 
Thank you for your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> the, the all three of these bands um, are interesting to me because they're all bands that I, well, maybe not all three because Strafe in the Path is different. I'll say with Counterparts and Norman Jean, they're bands that I got into when they first started, mm-hmm. and then middle discography like was aware of, heard, never played like on rotation or anything. They'd come up in a mix, sure, yeah, the thing, but it never really. I mean, counterparts the same way. I mean, I've heard counterparts from the get when they were, you know, fucking babies mm-hmm. and prophets. And so, yeah, they were, they were the answer. They were the metalcore band I was looking for when they came out um, back then. And clearly they've not denounced that, but, you know, they've, they've moved far enough away from it at this point. Um, so I really, the only thing I'll, history wise, I'll say about that is I really liked when they kind of went more hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was into that edge. And so I didn't know what to expect from this album. So when I put it on and it was more metalcore, I was disappointed at first because I was I assumed they had leaned more to the mixture. And this seemed like they just went back to me like this is the love letter to all the greatest metalcore songs and moments mm-hmm. like this. This is basically what this album is. And it's not a bad thing. And I actually really enjoy it. I when I first put it on, I, I wasn't really paying attention and it just seemed like white noise. And the, pro, the what I'll say is mostly the white noise for this album is uh, was it Brendan Murphy, the singer? Is it Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. Brendan. Um, he's, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't have stuck with this band as long as I have if it weren't for him because his internet presence, his uh, relatability and how real the guy is. Like, I, he, he's, you know, obviously the band at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but musically, there's, it's just like, it's like a love letter to all the greatest things I liked about metalcore. The con to that is, I don't, as you mentioned, they're not really doing anything that I haven't heard. They're doing it all really well. And um, I feel like I have to talk about all these albums together. Maybe this is how we do this, but mm-hmm. that's fair. Uh, the thing that bothers me about this album is what's done really well on Norma Jean, to, at least to me. Uh, there's not a lot of. To me, it seems like the vocals with counterparts are an afterthought. Um, like he's just like, I have this one tone, this one pitch, and I'm going to give it to you. Give me some music to put it on kind of thing Mm -hmm. versus when I listen to Norma Jean, like I felt what he was trying to say or scream. Screaming for me has been something I've, it's hard for me to appreciate as I get older because it, there's not, you got to give me more than just screaming is kind of the point. So, you know, when the, when I first got into metal core, any metal stuff, it's like, it was so, and it's not its infancy, but it was just so new and, you know, exciting and not as polished. And now that shit's so polished, it's like, what's the point if you're just going to give me this shiny product? And to me, like the Norma Jean record sounded a little more, um, or sound less polished and a little more like a band. And I know the drummer in this is that rock band drummer. It sounded a little more calculated and less passionate in areas. Um, which is why I kind of like the earlier counterpart stuff that I like the hardcore stuff. I love like that drummer Kelly back before mm-hmm. this. He one. was the, he was the one before Kyle. Yes. Yeah. So it, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like I felt like this one was like, like I said, it's like here's Metalcore's greatest hits, and it works really well. But vocally is where I felt the most let down, except for the parts where there was like some kind of harmony or singing. I was like, oh shit, now you're now you're getting my attention. But sometimes it's just it's all one note the same breath scream and he does it so fucking well though and to me it, it seems like this is the live thing i need i'm missing from this band yes, it's like absolutely. live i imagine it is the fucking shit but like the record it's like i get it and i really like the album it's just like it's i feel like that's the missing component for me is it's it's not selling me fully you know because because every song is the same 
vocal delivery almost. But I, I, the more I listen, the more it comes out. But it's like it, it, for some reason there's like there's just like a little extra oomph that I feel like this missed the mark on. I, um, I that's yeah. I guess actually that's like. I, I do think that that does come from being live because I, I think actually I don't disagree with anything you're saying and that's why I almost put an asterisk by my reviews of a band like this is because so much of it for me is fueled by like I said the them as people it's fueled by what I've seen live and whenever you see it, this it needs live, to be this this is this is a band that's making their career on being live they're not a they're not a studio <laughs> exactly band, so yeah this is um, I just I just wish some of that translated more to the, the passion and and that's all I'm missing from yes it, so. and I, that's I think that he does do a really good job of of doing that live I mean he he has a blast doing it live he. Um, he talks between every single song, but it's like borderline stand-up comedy, and it, it like works. Yeah, it's hilarious. And yeah. uh, when he does it live, also, because I used to think sort of the same thing that I was like, whenever he he has another band, band for anyone who doesn't know that's called End, and in that one he's, he's doing like it's I mean it's sick. End is amazing, and he's doing really low screams in that, and it barely even sounds it, like it. Him. Feel, it feels like he has more diversity in that band for some reason. It, and it it seemed I agree, and then but then when you watch him live, he's essentially doing he's doing every range he, he for the different parts he'll do high screams at one part he'll do low screams at another he'll yeah. do you know and it is you're right it's a live band and so if you're listening to this album and you can't get that final piece um i would say it's it is like because they want you to go see them live and they want you to be involved with them on the internet and like they're sort of i think yeah. in a lot of ways they're a band that has figured out how to really harness social media and and internet presence without being like you know typical annoying you know like spam you with ads oh, yeah. and shit and that's i think the beauty of them but it does it does in some minute level the albums will suffer a little bit as a result and you sort of have to factor that in when you're listening yeah i, I would say th- this album after the you know i think three listens at this point um like it, it's it's brought me back into being a counterparts fan mm-hmm. less from casual to you know a little more a little more than casual um but yeah there's just there's something missing for me and uh it's probably the live aspect i'm, I'm guessing i i will also <clears throat> make a note and say that uh while the, i mean the the drummer i mean like as you said rock band drummer but uh and i've talked about him i think on this podcast before and the way that he works it's a good drummer for one thing uh he is probably at least top five maybe top three drummers i've ever seen live in terms of accuracy he is the most sure. fucking on point he's so precise he's like a robot and the other thing uh he plays with absolutely no click and barely anything in his ears I, I'm not, and that's fine. I think from a, like you know, skill standpoint. But to me, that's almost what. Yes. I don't want. I don't want that. I want the. I want the, the mistakes. I want the. I want the passion behind it. Like I don't. That's why I like the guy before Kelly. Like he just seemed mm. like a hardcore drummer, and mm-hmm. it was just he seemed into it. And when you get these calculated drummers, that it's just like it, it's like they're doing a math problem. Like as much as I love Travis Orban, like it doesn't look like he's having fun. Travis Orban looks he's, miserable every time he sits behind the drums. Yeah, and so that's that's when I these these drummers that grew up with you know charts and you know this these technical chops it's like are you have you ever played for fun yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like have you ever just played a fucking pop song like it's just like there's it just it doesn't you start to you hear that in the, in the music sometimes and that's you know you know i know too much kind of thing mm-hmm. like I, I wish i didn't know that um it doesn't really detract from the sound but there are moments where i'm like this didn't need to be as technical as you're trying to make it. It didn't need to be as, oh, fuck, we're right on the click here. Like, no, like, fucking, let's let's breathe it out a little bit and, you know, 
let's 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 let it swing. Yeah, you know, there's there's just, there's not a lot of swing on this one from that aspect, but it's still. I mean, they're still amazing. Song the guitar players are amazing. It's just to me, it's like this might as well has been. This might has. I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sam got me all fucking perplexed. This might as well have been. Fuck you. Um, a misery signals album to me because it's it's very. It's got a lot of the moments of what made Misery Signals great, but it doesn't have the delivery that, especially the first, you know, of Malice had the singer on that. Like that's, I'm getting fucking beat over the head with how this guy is trying to give me the message mm-hmm. and I'm not getting the message with this. It's just like, oh, the lyrics are there, but the delivery is just like, I figured out what sounds good and I'm going to re- just do it the whole way through. Yeah. And I think. And that's also, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think that that's like, and I, I agree with that. And I think that it's sort of like, I feel like in a lot of ways, I mean, um, I, I mean, Misery Signals is obviously the best point of comparison, but I think that, yeah. you know, you're, it's counterparts does ride that line where it's like, you know, to, uh, they weren't going to be able to put out, um, especially vocally. It wasn't going to be, you know, I think uh, for any metalcore band, when you make six albums, your sixth album is not going to be as fucking anger filled oh, yeah. and stuff, you know, as your first. And I think that misery signals, but, uh, they, they talk yeah. about that as well. That vocalist I saw in that documentary, he says, you know, doing these songs again, like, can I be that angry person again? And, yeah. and so I think that that does play into it. And so for him, it does have to be more of like almost a, almost you know a business transaction with his vocals where he's like this is the style that's going to work for these and uh, anyway all of that is to say that i think that you're very much on the nose with uh with all of those like assessments of it and i think that it does come down to with a band like this the album is obviously good these are all quality musicians it's great metalcore it's it's top of the genre metalcore in my opinion but if you're you know if you're looking for the extra mile on that see them live follow them on the internet and and get a little bit more invested I just feel like there's not a like I feel like they could they could be doing more, uh, and maybe they don't want to. That's fine. But when bands do the you know every two years rinse and repeat stuff, yeah. it's just like it's and that's tough. It starts it starts to show. Like I, I wish they would take maybe take another year and write something a little, you know, some, give me something a little new. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, and I, I that's I think that I've yeah I've, the counterparts is very much a band where you sort of. You do, but they're, they're writing. Yeah, they're writing albums to tour, so that this makes total sense. Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. okay, well, that's I. I will say that for me, just uh, you know, this is probably we'll we'll come we'll circle back to this eventually in a few episodes. But I, this is probably like a top fiver for me because of all the extra b- bits and bobs that go along with it um, for the year. But it is, I mean, it, it's a good album any way you spin it. I think, but you know, your mileage will vary. Yeah, I I still recommend it. It's you know. It just depends on how much you like metalcore. Yeah. Uh, well, then, okay, let's let's move into Stray from the Path because this is one that I feel like is not for you at all, and I don't know how much Stray Stray has very rarely, I think, been for you. But I'm I'm curious to hear uh, sort of your thoughts on it, uh, especially someone who has very little history with them. <laughs> so what's funny is because I actually I don't I'd never I knew this band obviously. I knew their shtick, if you will. I, I support everything they're trying to say. I agree with their message, you know, equality, no hate, you know, uh, they're, they're feminist and all the message they're trying to send, I totally agree with. When they first came out, it was like, oh, you like Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Cool. I get it. I'm out. And I love Rage Against the Machine, but I didn't, I wasn't really necessarily looking for that. And so I've heard Sprinklings, but for some reason, the last album, Only Death is Real, is the re- first time I really listened to an album. 
Um, it was probably because Keith Buckley was on. Yes, sure that's how. I <laughs> that's what I figured. Said, uh, and that's probably why I was like, oh. And so I never hated the album, uh, but it made me go back and listen to other stuff, and I ne- none of the other stuff really grabbed me. And then as I started getting into the um, more from you and paying attention, and then the drummers podcast, like I'm like, okay, you know, what can you do? And to me, my issue, <laughs> I have multiple issues with this, but. <laughs> To me, this is 100% a live band. Yes. Uh, this is, I I put this new album on, and it's the one I listen to the least, and it's just because I could, I, I, it was a struggle to get through it because this is a band that I feel like has not changed at all. It feels like they threw, it feels like every album, they take all their pieces, put it in a tin can, shake it up, and throw it down on the table and go, all right, that's song one, do it again, song two. Like, it just, it all, it feels so recycled and lyrically, uh, it's, I've, <laughs> It feels like they found every phrase in the book, you know, every, you know, thing we've ever said growing up and just made that the chorus. Like, I I'm, I would not be surprised if the next album, you know, had the lyrics. Um, fuck. I, and I came up with this line earlier today and it made me, I died laughing. Because I was like, <laughs> this is, it's so funny. This could actually happen. It's like, oh, if you run with scissors, you're going to get injured. Like, I'm waiting for that fucking, it's always something like, you know if you hit me, I'm going to hit you or fucking, you know, do your recycling, save the world. Like it's all, it's just, it, none of it's, none of it sounds real. It just, to me, it just, it just seems like he just found all the phrases and just threw them in the chorus. It's like, if you do good things, you'll get good things. Like, it's just like, what are you, are you serious? Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have any real message other than shit you've been told your whole life. You know, it's just, if you run with scissors, you're going to get injured. So it, I don't know. It's so it's like it's so corny to me half the time. And the musically, it's it's the epitome of what I what I call in my head jump riffs. To where yes. it's you know whatever I can break up a breakdown and just can you jump or mosh in this? And here's the riff. And it just none of this is new. None. Of, it's just rinse repeat, rinse repeat, rinse repeat breakdown. And the singer to me bothers me so much because it feels like. I, I can't remember the Looney Tunes cartoon that I'm trying to reference, but it's like somebody is pushing down on a little tiny kid saying, no, you can't, and pushing down on his forehead, and he's like, no, I can't, I can do it. Like, it's just like, well, actually, it always seems like he's looking up while uh, he's doing his vocals. It's funny that you say that, because uh, this is actually all three of these albums, and a shit ton that we've talked about so far this year on this podcast, but all three of these albums were produced by Will Putney. Uh, yeah, and he describes his vocals as uh, a 10-year-old whose baseball cards you took away. That's it. Literally, that is what this. This yeah, is what this sounds like. That's what he's like. always and said. It's not, and, but it's not. It's not what it sounds like to me. It's it's how it's coming across. Like his attitude. I feel like if you, like this guy is like the shortest guy in the world and has small guy syndrome. And he may be tall for all I know. I know he's not tall, but I, he may be average size. I should say. But his his message and his vocal style and lyrics. It just it all sounds like if I went up to him and said and like pushed him, like he would crumble like a piece of paper. <laughs> Like it, it doesn't it doesn't seem legitimate it just seems like tough guy shit from a little small man who's being pushed down you know and i, I don't know like it, it's hard for me to take it seriously i i completely agree with the message but like there's just something about it it's like it's not there's nothing here that makes me that has bettered the world by it being released at this point other than you know it's probably cool live to see but i don't know like it's it, it, when when i have those courses and i wish i had better examples listen to it and make your own opinions but like some of the courses is just it's like don't do drugs who the drugs will do you it's like what <laughs> <laughs> like it's just uh, I, I just can't i i tolerated it on the first on the last album because it was my first time really diving in like i love good night all right i think that's a fun song 
Slap but her. like at, Love it. at the end of the day, it's a fu- it's a corny fucking song. But I don't know. It feels like they. This is another example of take a, take another year and like let's really think about like can we can we better it a little bit. But they're probably just they just tour. This is probably what they do. Yeah. So I don't know. You you have a totally different perspective on this. But this is how I came away from it. Was just like womp womp. And okay, so <laughs> this is exactly how I figured you would come away from it. And, and uh, let I, me. I'm sure you did. Let me say also that. Uh, you are not wrong about most of what you just said, but let me let me play. Let me, uh, let me let me say that I don't think it's not fun. Yes, I get the appeal. So there is a fun element to this, but as a musician, I I have to look at things through a different lens sometimes. Mm-hmm, absolutely, so that, that's where I'm coming from. But go ahead. Okay, well, and once again, yeah, I agree with honestly most of most of what you said. Um, but here's the thing about Straight from the Path: um, <clears throat> when their first album came onto the scene uh or their first major release which is make your own history um that album if you listen to it at the time when that came out which was fucking 2009 2008 2009 2009 um it is at the time that was just whenever it was really whenever um the idea of like hardcore being one of the the mainstream genres uh, of the scene sure. that was when that was first coming about and that album is full of that was before you know anyone really knew anything about what these guys looked like what they were and um it was it's so aggressive and it's so i mean even the stuff that you me and you would hear back in the day i mean we always said that guy just sounds so pissed and here's the thing is that the, stray from the path is a band that i think that very very early on, they discovered exactly, I mean, exactly what their niche was. And they were like, okay, oh, yeah. this is the thing. This is going to work for as long as we want to make it work because it works live. It's fun. It's always topical. And we can we, we can do this for a long time. And I don't think that they did that from a place of being disingenuous. But I think that they did it from more of a place of like... This band can either go on for, uh, you know, 10 to 12 years and we can tour and see a lot of different people and make all these connections and stuff. Or this can be a band where we make one really aggressive album, try to change the formula, and then it's going to probably go to shit. And I think that also, so their guitarist, Tom Williams, who is the, he's one of the main, he's pretty much the main songwriter. um, He manages a bunch of bands. He manages Norma Jean. Um, yeah, he is, um, he is very much a music minded, he honestly, in a lot of ways, he is very much in the vein of, uh, of a Justin Beck kind of guy, like where he's, um, he's very involved in a lot of different aspects. He's the tour or he's the manager for not only Norma Jean, he's also the manager for that band that I've talked about on here before, Cryptodira. Um, and I Mm. think one or two others, um, and he's, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's very much that kind of guy. So I think that for, for all of them, they all have different, for the most part, all of them have sort of different things. Stray from the path is just sort of their, their great unifier and they are not making Stray from the path songs to be new. They're not necessarily, I think, making them to be even fully the best of their abilities, but you are right on the nose again. They're doing them to play live. And this is a band that has played in fucking hardcore festivals in like fucking kenya they have played hardcore they (laughs) seriously they i mean they've like they are they're that kind of band where it's not at all about what they're releasing on the album it is all about what they're going to play live and um that makes a lot more sense and and the thing is is that i listened to this album and as i mean and this is the weird thing about straight from the path for me is that i consider them 
maybe not one of my favorite bands, but they are one of the bands that I am the most well versed in. Um, but I cannot say that any of their albums, with the exception of the first one, and even barely that, none of those albums like crack my fucking top fifty, maybe not even top a hundred albums, because they they aren't. <clears throat> They don't do that for me, and they never do that for me. Yeah. I listened to this album all the way through, the new one, and I thought, okay, I know which songs are going to be the most fun to see live. I like this feature. Oh, he's got a cool gr- drum fill there. That's it. That's done. Sure. I won't listen yeah. to this again for probably another two years or until the next time I see him live. <laughs> and like, and and to me, I am at peace with that. But if you are someone coming into this band with no knowledge, for the most part, of of them outside of this, if you're coming into it not trying to go see them live, which is totally fair, and you're not, you know, you're going to come out of this thinking exactly what you thought, which, like, this is corny, this is trite, this is not doing absolutely anything new, and, and it's not. And they are all, I think that the parts are absolutely greater than the whole in every sense of the word uh, for, for this band. And I love them all as people. I have had many great conversations with all of them uh at various shows their lead singer has a giant fucking glass jaw tattoo on his band and he once gave me a free poster because i was wearing a glass jaw shirt at one of their shows (laughs) um he they are you know they are unapologetically them and it's either going to do it for do it for you or it's not and i think that that's very much the purpose but yeah i i would not I would not recommend this album to anyone who isn't previously versed or uh, invested in this band at all, because if you're not, then you are not going to take away from it what you need to, and it will borderline be a waste of your time. And that sounds really harsh, but I, like I said, for me, I like it. I, I really like a lot of it um, for it, what it is. It's hard not to like. It's just hard to... It's hard to take seriously. I, I was hard to respect, but maybe it's not even that. It's just, yeah, it's just hard to take seriously, yeah. but yeah, it's just, Absolutely. It, it, to me, it was, it was, it was disappointing, I guess, because I, because I, for, I remember really liking the other one and I've played those songs, but I guess I expected growth and I didn't get growth. I just got more corny fucking lines. Yeah. I mean, and that's, <laughs> like that's it. With, and I, if you run with scissors, you're going to get injured. So you better watch the, out. the other thing that I have heard in terms of their lyrics, but I, I do agree that most of their lyrics end up being kind of corny. Two things about those. One, they write them all collectively as a band, including with Will Putney. Now he helps them write some oh, lyrics. My. So it's, it's not like it, it's very much not the focus. It is corny. It's that, but on top of that, one of the things that I heard them talking. Can I read this one, please, real quick? Yeah, go ahead, please. <laughs> because it came up. From the first will be last. Chorus, what goes around comes around. When a hand reaches out, you don't reach back. That's true. Like, it's just like, how? <laughs> it's like, here's the thing. Here's the opposite of the thing. It's like, it's like lyrics 101, but it's just, <laughs> what? It's, I mean, <laughs> it, yes, you? no, I'm, I'm there with you, dog. It, it, but, the, okay, the next line. What goes around comes around. The last will be the first, and the first will be the last. <laughs> like, what? It's yeah. Th- it's literally the lyrics are the just, worst part, without a doubt. <laughs> it's it's hard, oh, especially fuck. when you read them like that. I mean, it's it's not it's not. I mean, it's 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 it's, <laughs> it's just like a, in a lot of ways, it's similar to what I said about Kubla Khan, where it's like fucking play the fight riff and get it over with. I mean, it's it's yeah. But uh, but the other thing is that with a lot of this album specifically, one of the things I heard them talking about is that. Uh, and I agree with this is that it's a weird time to be like a punk band or hardcore band because lyrically and you know like thematically you have to talk about 
certain things. You have to talk about, you know, going against the grain. You have to talk about these prevalent social issues and stuff. Sure. But also, if you are a person... You don't have to. Well, but, okay, yeah. but that's like, yes, you don't have to, yeah. but that is what, like, that is the genre. Is you're a punk band, you're right. Yeah. But for so many of these bands that have been doing this for a long time and for bands that have released a lot of albums, now is probably the time most in the world where you are just so inundated with politics and and everything that you don't want to talk about it, and yet you still have to somehow yeah. find a way to make it socially relevant. So they, ha- I think they did have a lot of trouble with this one lyrically. I don't think that it, – it, it is not their best work in in a lot of facets. The drums are incredible, though, uh, especially if you see them live. Craig Reynolds is a fucking tight-ass drummer, but that's – that's yeah. my bias. Uh, but yes, I, you're not wrong. Listen to this if you are already into Straight From The Path, in which case you've probably already listened to it. But if you are not a Straight From The Path guy, if you are not looking for something to fucking, you know, make you jump around at a live show, like, don't don't listen to this. It's not going to be for you. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, I think that's about all we can say about it. But let's get to, let's get to Norma Jean, because let's, I... I have a hunch we have differing opinions on this one. Uh, oh, you said you were heated about it, so fucking. So, so I'm the mo- yes, that's true. I said I was the most opinionated, and let me let me tell you why. Uh, I think this album fucking reeks, but I oh <laughs> whoa, <laughs> I did not like this album whoa. at all. Uh, and let's 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 dissect that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Here's here's a here's the thing. All right been listening to norma jean a long time i'm not even that big of a norma jean fan but as you said norma jean you know i i even when i was a wee lad uh and i was i mean shit bless the martyr came out in 2002 or 2003 you damn right uh so either way i was i was like nine when that shit came out but i heard that before even i think i knew you because i've and i had a friend older friend's older brother who his favorite band he was like in middle school and high school his favorite band was norma jean i heard bless the martyr when that shit was fresh i heard oh god as soon as it came out i remember being at my friend's house the day oh god came out and he had gone to the store bought it turned that shit on i mean like me too yeah exactly i mean so me but then norma jean fell out a lot with them in the middle stuff because that's i had other bands that were doing that for me and whatever and Here's here's my thing, is that literally there is one guy who's even been in that band. There's two, there's two people that are officially listed as being in the band. One of them has been in the band since 2018, and the other one is Corey, the lead singer, and he's been in it since 2004. Correct. This is not right. Norma Jean anymore. This is the $6 billion man of a bunch of different fucking <laughs> musicians that went into graphic nature the will putney studio and they were like hey norma jean's not really getting the the credit that we think it deserves as this metalcore juggernaut and uh so we need you to help us write this fucking like aggressive modern metalcore album and they did that and so this is this is my tagline for my norma jean review is that all hail is a for 2019 it is a very good metalcore album it does a lot of things that it takes a lot of chances that other metalcore bands can't be afforded because of it being labeled under norma jean however i think this is a fucking terrible norma jean album because i went back and listened to far more than i even cared to of the norma jean discography and it does not sound like the same band it sounds like a bunch of it sounds like Corey. the i cory brendan i think is his last name it sounds like him uh-huh clinging on to dear life for this life raft that is the norma jean band name 
when it's mm-hmm. I don't think I, I he's really clinging on to that and he his best work is behind him and I went back and listened and I think that uh some of the albums I didn't give credit for the they have an album called Meridonial uh from like mm-hmm. 2010 actually really good southern metal album and it is southern metal core and had a lot of those elements that still made Norma Jean who they were with a lot of their specific sounds and to me this had none of it except for occasionally his vocals did the Norma Jean thing where they were sort of the yell screams and a little more passionate. And he's not a bad vocalist, but I don't think that this is like, this just felt cheap to me. I felt cheated by listening to this album because I thought, why did you call this Norma Jean? This isn't Norma Jean to me. I'm not even, I'm not a diehard, but it felt very much like them just trying to cash in on current metalcore and finding a way to keep Norma Jean alive. And I am very much alone, I think, in these opinions because I have heard lots and lots of praise for this. A lot of people are very stoked about it. But to me, it feels like a bunch of people thinking that I'm dumber than I am. Uh, and it, it hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended and I will not not be offended. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, I, that, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. I want to hear someone tell me different. That's fine. But that is my gut shot reaction to it. Um, yeah, this is my favorite of the three. <laughs> I, I figured, <laughs> and not because I wanted it to be. Actually, when I when this first came out, we weren't reviewing it. Obviously, uh, I did not like it when I first listened to it. Um, and I don't know if listening to the other two made this one better, but uh, I went back and actually listened to it properly, and uh, I actually really enjoy it. Um, just because I don't listen to stuff like this that much mm-hmm. anymore. So uh, my least favorite part about Norma Jean has always been Corey Brandon. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one of the things I was disappointed about. But when I started seeing press and snippets and stuff from this, I think I sent you the one that's in the song Landslide Defeater, which is a fucking ripper to me, where they're doing uh, guitar slides with a fucking uh, giant fucking knife. That is, I think that <laughs> is the best part of the entire album. It sounds fucking sick, but... Um, yeah, he's always been the worst part just because he has, to me, well, first of all, let me say, I have not kept up with Norma Jean enough, but I've listened to all their all the albums when they come out, and they all sounded different. I always appreciated that about them. I just didn't like him, his vocals, because they cut, they didn't change enough, and either I wasn't paying attention, and he's been doing that the whole time, but this one was the first time, actually, his vocals sounded different, and actually, like, what I like about this album um, I actually like that it's not the same members because to me this to me this sounds different. Uh, it doesn't sound like Norma Jean to me. That's a good thing. I, d- I don't need it to be called Norma Jean. It could have been an, it could have been a new band. Um, so I, I kind of already went into this thinking this is not going to be Norma Jean. So I did, that, that I guess I didn't hang, get hung up on that. Um, of course they're going to do that. Fucking Underoath's doing that. Yeah. So you know you know and did that. So I get it, but. Um, I don't know. I just kind of went into it with it. It sounded like a 10 ton hammer and that's what they've always been really good at. <laughs> and this sounds like that. It sounds like a big fucking hammer. And, um, I wouldn't say it's the greatest thing I ever heard, but like it just, a lot of the moments it's like, it was what was missing from counterparts for me. Like it just sounded like rinse and recycled stuff. And to me, this sounded like they were, they were like, you mentioned, they trying something new. The vocals do something here. They're taking risks. Like it just, and it all works. Um, I don't think it didn't need to be 14 tracks. There's a bunch of filler in here. There's a, but there's a few, you know, less than a minute interludes and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need those things. Um, but there are some moments on here that I would took me by surprise. I mean, I listened to it in the car, I listened to it in headphones and I listened to it on a speaker on a son of speaker. 
Um, and every time it got a little bit better because I actually started picking some stuff out. So I just, I think this one had the most diversity for me of the three that we talked about. Uh, I, I, I do agree with that, that I think that it is the most diverse, uh, of the three. But every time it comes on, like there's just, I pick out something new and that's what I always appreciate. Like I was not picking out, I was picking out new stuff, I guess, from all those, the records we listened to. That's why to me, it's like, it's Norma Jean counterparts and straight from the path at the bottom. But, um, I don't know, like this one, I feel like this one I would, I'm going to listen to again versus I'm probably not going to listen to the other two again. Um, at least as often, um, just because I've always found something in a Norma Jean record I like, or at least a song or two, um, just because there's something about like what they do when they do it well, they do it really well. Um, I do wish this was a different band, I guess at this point, but I don't know. I guess this took me by surprise because I wasn't looking for it and didn't ask for it. Um, like the last record I really liked was wrongdoers, Mm -hmm. which is two records before this. So I don't know, just the more I listen to it, the more it, 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 they, they sound like the Kings of what they're doing. And, you know, I've seen, I don't know if you watched the, the studio video. I don't know if I sent it to mm-hmm. you. The the one that like Kerrang did for the Will Putney part of it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Just, I think that made me go into the record with a little bit of feeling just cause I always like seeing bands make their craft. So like, I don't, I just seeing them and really, they all know they're not Norma Jean, but I don't know. They seem to work really well together and they seem to be writing like this didn't sound like two guys writing it. This sounded like a band writing it. It just so happens that they have the name Norma Jean. So yeah, they're writing the coattails of their other fame and they don't I don't like that part of it, but I don't know as a heavy record. I don't even call this metalcore to me. This sounds just more like a heavy record. I think that's why I appreciate it because I've been so over metalcore for so many years because it's just such a fucking uh, it's it's a genre that it's just it's hard to improve. Yeah, I agree with that. So this to me this to me just sounds like a fucking heavy record and it, this is the kind of heavy I enjoy where it's got all these elements and as I mentioned before like vocally it's just like he's I, I feel it. Um, it's still Corey Brandon at times, which is, you know, but I, I actually hear growth in him here. And I'm sure it's because I'm sure. And what I'm trying to take away from this is like, yeah, he is trying to keep Norma Jean alive and just how much shit he's gone through because, you know, he is not Josh Goggin and never, and not that he's still trying to be, but, um, you know, this is what he does. He's in another band too, with the old, uh, everything yeah, hundred sons. The, and I never really enjoyed that one. I, yeah, from my memory certainly, ain't for me. But, I don't know. I guess it's just just a surprise me. I don't disagree with the things you said. It's just I'm I wouldn't I took away more of the music part of this than the story of it. I guess. Yeah, and that, is, and that's uh, I, I think that's fair. And I I I see that. I mean, I it is it is diverse, and I do. I mean, I agree that it's it's like I said. If you're looking at this for me strictly as like not even uh, yeah agreed not a metalcore record, but if you're looking at this just as like a heavy record. It's not bad. It's not like they're doing something atrocious. But to me, it was the fact that I was being sold uh, a Norman Jean album. I think that I I have followed Corey Brandon on uh, social media for years. I had to unfollow him recently because he's fucking annoying. And he like he does not he doesn't yeah. do it for me for personal reasons and musically. And I've always felt that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him. So I agree. And he's him. he's always had this like chip on his shoulder. And then I feel like this one was him it felt like i i I don't know it felt like uh, it's funny that you say that you know they're like the kings of this of this sound that they're doing and i think a lot of ways like yes but also in a lot of ways i feel like he has tried to build up that persona because like he doesn't he doesn't know what else to do with this like thing he was handed in 2004 and and i i don't know i mean it just if you showed me this album as 
uh, say that his his side project, Hundred Sons, was this, I would be like, oh, okay, so he's going like more in this direction. But like, if you listen to uh, now, I can't say much for Polar Similar, the one the Norman Jean album before this because I didn't listen to it as in depthly. It's probably the one I've listened to the yeah, least. It's pretty good. Um, but but yeah, this is. album is so overproduced i mean it's it's so to like when I, like i said when i l- went back and listened uh wrongdoers is very produced as well but it, it still has to me a lot of that norma Jean grit that it brought me sort of yeah. where i needed to be but if you listen to even the album before that meridonial that i mentioned um i mean it still sounds like it has that like that that grit that norma Jean made famous yeah. with bless the martyr and, and i i felt that and i i'm all for change i'm all for advancing but to me this didn't feel like advancing as musicians for them this felt like advancing to making like the album that was gonna sound the heaviest and and like get people's attention and to me it felt like it was coming from a place of disingenuity and i and i don't know if that's true that might be my bias but it left a very bitter taste in my mouth and i think that if you re-release this to me as a different band build it with completely different press i would feel uh at least a little more positive on it but i it just like i did not need it and i and also i think that like hearing a band that I think often gets lumped into them. Uh, he is legend release an album this year that I think is fucking great. As we've talked about on the show. Oh, that that's the the way better album. I just, I don't know. I guess to me, it's like this one felt like a back to basics kind of thing. Like it's, I get the overproduced thing. I guess I didn't really focus in on that one too much because it, it didn't seem to me when I hear the term overproduced is not, is not necessarily the production is the, to me, overproduced is almost more of what I was mentioning with counterparts, to where it's like, here is this thing that's in this that's neat fa- box, yeah. and like it fits perfect. It fits perfectly. This is not. So, this seemed had it had more legs to it to me. Like it's, it has more breath to it. Um, production wise, sure, it's it's. You can say it's overproduced, I guess, in that point, but that's pretty much what every fucking metal band is going through. So and it's never it's never going to sound like you know, uh, record the tape. Uh, Bless the martyr is like pro, unless they're going <laughs> to go for that. But yeah, this is not what that was. But I don't know. It just it seemed like. It wasn't because a lot of the Norma Jean stuff I dislike or not dislike, but just that it didn't grab me. It's like where they got really complicated and far as, you know, song structure and everything else. This just felt like more back to basics. Like, you know, one of the best songs I've ever written is fucking if you got it at five, you got it at 50. And that's just such a basic fucking song Mm -hmm. and like hit me with it. And that one's a little more punk and more, you know, of the every time I die kind of stuff to me. This one's more back to the, hey, you remember Bless the Martyr kind of stuff. And I don't know. To me you're right. It, it still doesn't need to be called no regime, but it's like with all this fresh blood in the band, um, I really like when I saw, when I saw that, uh, Kerrang thing that I mentioned, um, the whole video is really no vocals. It's just them playing yeah. instrumentally. And that's what I think really hooked me was like, Oh, the musically, this sounds pretty tight. And I think what turned me out the first time is then I heard Corey Brandon. I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> get off this fucking record. But for some reason, like on the, the subsequent listens, like I, like his voice started to actually, it's unlike counterparts, where it sounds like the music was written and he added his fucking shit to it. This, and this may be the case for this. It sounds like his vocals are matching the music. Like he ebbs and flows with what's happening. And that's what I want from a screaming vocalist. And that's what makes a lot of my favorite stuff work is because it is with the music. It's not in addition to, mm-hmm. 
it's if if shit's getting you know more trebly my voice is going to get more trebly if it's getting more low i'm going to get like it it's, it matches and i even in bands i tried to do that was always something i was trying to be conscious of of like you know how to make it all fit not that i did it well or even as good as these people but it's just like that was always something i liked about metal vocals is like it didn't it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, an addition to the music it was part yeah. of the music and that's what i feel like uh this at least he did better in this effort than any others i don't know it's just like it just keeps keeps jiving more and more i hear it and i haven't read any reviews on this so i have no idea how other people feel about it because i tried not to uh for these three just because i they're like i said these are all bands that i knew from before and have not stayed up stayed right. up with i've always just been casual so i don't know i i get your opinions and i agree with you and i may not listen to this again but to me i feel more motivated to listen yeah, to this. yeah i mean that's fair and i i i sort of to be honest i feel like I feel like of this batch of, of records for, for any of our listeners out there, I feel like the, the, the popular opinion will sort of uh, tend to flow more towards your side of thinking on these. And I think it's because these are three bands that I have um, that a, a lot of my opinions um, sort of are being not uh, my opinions are being slightly skewed, I think, uh, because of the amount that I sure. am involved in these bands. And I think that the other thing with Norma Jean, this last thing I'll say about it is that I also have in recent years become uh, very much I've kind of had a resurgence in in being more about what Josh Scoggin has done. And that makes me, I think, feel. Sure. A certain way to a degree about the Norma, even though he only did one fucking album with Norma Jean, but I mean, still, like, it makes me feel a little bit yeah. differently about um, all of their stuff as a whole, and also uh, because they also get lumped in with bands like He Is Legend and Every Time I Die, who are bands that I feel very passionate about. That like I hold Norma Jean not even to a certain standard, but I think that like in my opinion, they're a part of a genre that can be done very, very well and very uniquely. And I think that there are bands that are their peers um, that are, are doing great things and have continued to evolve and have continued to find ways to hook me in. And um, while this is different, it's not the different that I wanted from this. And like I said, it, it actually, uh, <laughs> this this is sort of the picture that I got in my mind. Whereas you with the Stray from the Path got the, uh, the fucking running with scissors line in your head. This made me feel <laughs> like... Uh, and our friend Matt will understand this right off the bat. Uh, this made me feel like the scene in 30 Rock where Steve Buscemi is dressed up as a high school kid with the fucking the skateboard. <laughs> and I, that's that's what I feel like Corey Brandon is fucking going into the studio and going on tour with his album. Because if you watch the uh, like Kerrang in the pit or whatever, like the tiny yeah. bar show with Norma Jean, oh, yeah. he looks like fucking... He looks like he the look character uh, <laughs> in the video game Brutal Legend that Jack Black is playing, and he's just like in a shirt yeah. that's too tight, <laughs> his stringy ass hair. He does, yeah. He like, is, he doesn't he doesn't look good. So, but yeah, musically, <laughs> I, I don't know. But Maybe, I, I digress. I, I'm impressed musically. <laughs> um, but I didn't I didn't hate the vocals as much as I thought. But yeah, I do I did see that before this album came out and I was I was fully expecting to hate this album. So And maybe and I, maybe I that's know, sort I just, of like I like you said, maybe that is a big part of it is, you know, being able to I mean, I that always is a factor for me is that if I'm going into an album expecting to not like it, I'm very like it really affects me when I find out that I actually enjoy it. Um, this was just not yeah. one of those albums for me, but I'm I'm curious to hear though. Uh, I know that um, there are a few more than a few of our listeners that um, have grown up with Norma Jean as well, and have grown up with a lot of these metalcore genres. And I know that uh, I I try. I know that metalcore is um, 
it's become sort of a pastiche of itself at this point. And I think that all I, I understand where you're coming from, where like it is, you're exhausted with it. I mean, you've been a part of this scene yes. in a far more intimate way than I have for a very long time. And I think that um, these albums are going to be, especially the Counterparts album, I think is, is geared um, towards people that are still sort of hanging on to metalcore. And I don't claim to be one of those people, but I do... Um, I do, it has a little bit more life for me, I think, than it does for you. And that's, and that is all that changes person to person. So if, if you're someone out there who, who does have a strong opinion about Norma Jean, uh, let us know because I, I want to see what, what the temperature of the room is, um, and, and sort of see what we're thinking about the rest of this stuff, because, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'm alone and I'm fine with that. And if not, then, uh, then we can all prove how right I am. Uh, and <laughs> I was I would give it my my con though this one comedy album and it drives me crazy every time I see it is there's a song called Full Circle in under a minute and the song is three minutes and twenty seven seconds it, it, isn't that fucking yeah, what do you fucking stu- do yeah, what do you fucking know, do I, I, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> I drives me, down it, whenever that song was drives playing. me insane yeah, it drove me up the fucking wall um, yeah like come on that was such a missed opportunity well uh, then you know what here here's what I'm gonna do here's what I'm gonna do right now and this is gonna be I hope everybody's ready for fucking dad joke hour because there so i had this thing with counterparts where one day at one of my jobs a few years ago uh i came up i called them in my mind not counterparts but i called them countertops and uh and for some reason uh i went through and i made a notes document where i changed each of their album titles to have to do with countertop things and uh and it's just kept going and i've tweeted this at them like seven times and they never fucking see it because i think it's funny and i'm gonna put it on a podcast now because if this will be my validation to know if people actually think it's funny and it may not be because it's kind of a dad joke but uh here we go and you can follow along if you know the names of these albums if you don't look back at them later on spotify um so this is uh all albums from the band countertops uh the first album is porcelain (laughs) Uh, <laughs> the second album is The Granite Will Carry Us uh, the third album is The Difference Between Shale and Stone uh, <laughs> that's the best one so the, the next album is Termites Will Find Us uh, <laughs> then we've got uh, the 2017 release uh, You're Not Wood Anymore and, <laughs> and uh, then okay. we've, we've okay. got the most recent one which is Nothing Left to Scrub <laughs> okay so okay, okay. uh yep, take that is, uh, and everybody fucking yep. put that in your pipe and smoke it and wah, wah, wah. just let you I'll let you resonate with that one because eventually you're gonna be thinking man that fucking countertop band slaps uh uh so i never listened to that ep they put out last year either we never oh yeah that, that ep is also very good private room uh that's it's private they room. play uh monument the opening track off that one they play it at every show now oh. and it's you know, fucking stupid fun, but uh, it's a good EP. I okay. like that one as well. I, I, to, I never listened to it, so I'll check. It out. Um, all right, guys. Well, that that about wraps it up. That was a uh, those were a good three episode or a good three uh, albums for us. Rather, uh, it's a fun episode for us to do. Like I said, these were all albums I was planning on listening to, anyways. Um, and this is the time in the show where I tell you. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, go and follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at AudiophilesPod, uh, all lowercase, all one word. You can get at us on there in any way you see fit. Uh, I think I'm going to try and actually start um, doing a little more on our Twitter, which is at AudiophilesPod, all the same way. And I'm going to try and get a little bit more on there. Um, maybe not for all you listeners out there now, but that's, I think, a good way for us to reach some new people. So um, if you feel so inclined, you can 
chuck us a follow on there. And as I said earlier, if you are interested in listening to our uh, Spotify companion playlist, you can find it. Uh, there's a link in our Instagram bio, but you can also just search the audio files playlist and it'll be updated with lots and lots of new stuff for you to listen to. Um, Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a metalcore injection on here, but luckily we talked about some emo as well, so we're going to have some some good emo shit to really uh, pump you up as well. So, uh, yeah, show us some love on there. Talk to us about the Norman Jean album, and we will happily get back to you. Let me know I'm right. That's fair. Griff needs the he needs that satisfaction. I need validation, please. Uh, righty, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. <gasps> Bye.